Welcome to Enigma Zone. Today's podcast episode is about the disappearance of Kimberly Avila. If this is the first time you listen to Enigma Zone podcast, welcome. Please subscribe and check out our other episodes. We love to talk about true crime, paranormal, UFOs, history, and just things that are mysterious. But let's go ahead and just dive in. Kimberly Avila was 32 years old at the time of her disappearance. She disappeared on May 13, 2017 from Brownsville, Texas. She was a transgender woman of Hispanic descent, particularly Mexican-American. She measured between 5'8 to 6 feet and weighed approximately 200 to 220 pounds. She was last seen wearing a black short-sleeved blouse, a black skirt, black fishnet stockings, and black stiletto heels. The charlieproject.org characterizes her as having brown hair, brown eyes, her being transgender. Um, It states that although she was born a male, she identifies as a female and uses the name Kimberly. Her other nickname is Junior. She was wearing gray contact lenses and a black wig at the time of her disappearance. Now, I've read and seen interviews where the family uses both pronouns interchangeably to talk when they talk about Kimberly, but the later, more recent articles and interviews kind of point to the preference to the female pronoun. So that's what we're going to use. Kimberly was last seen by her sister who was said to have dropped her off on the corner of 1200 East Washington Street in Brownsville. She was never seen again. Her case has gone cold. There has been no clues, no tips, nothing to her whereabouts. The thing is, Kimberly was said to work as a sex worker at the time of her disappearance, and she disappeared downtown while she was allegedly working. I've seen, again, some interviews and I've read some articles that kind of allude to the fact that she's a sex worker, not 100% verifying it. And I've seen others where they do verify that she is indeed a sex worker. And the charlieproject.org has her as a sex worker. So take this with a grain of salt, but there is probably the likelihood is that she was indeed sex worker and working downtown. I'm common with Brownsville, Texas because I went to college there. Downtown is right next to the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley and it's divided by a large street highway of sorts. Another thing is that south of Brownsville right next to downtown Brownsville where she disappeared is the Rio Grande River and Matamoros, Tamaulipas, Mexico on the other side. These two cities are border towns and they are divided by the river and are connected by the international bridge as well as two other bridges nearby. However, it's walking distance from both the university and the place where Kimberly disappeared. As far as I've read, the Bronzeville Police Department, as well as other, I guess, theories, 
kind of lean towards the fact that Kimberly was probably taken into Mexico and disappeared. They do believe that she is at risk or perhaps no longer alive. There has never been a body found, items, anything like that. Her family still has not given up hope and they continue to seek help and to ask the public for any tips regarding Kimberly's whereabouts. This case is unique, but at the same time it isn't because you often hear about people disappearing in border towns and a lot of the time, times they're taken into Mexico and there's no other trace found ever. And that's terribly unfortunate. As someone who went to college in this city, this downtown area is not somewhere where you want to find yourself in, especially at night. Throughout the past couple of years, it's deserted, basically. There's rarely any business left. A couple of stores here and there, it's run down. Um, at night, there is, um, you can see homeless people around the downtown, and it's a small area. It's not like a big downtown. It's a small city. Um, moreover, you can see sex workers spot them walking around downtown at late hours. So in most likelihood, it's... This is what Kimberly was probably doing that night when she disappeared. The family says that at one point, law enforcement, I'm not sure what department, I'm assuming they're referring to the city of Brownsville, Texas. They kind of told them that, you know, like, what do you expect to happen to someone like that? That's kind of what you get. Allegedly, that's what they said. That's what you get when you do what she does and is who she is basically kind of insinuating that, you know, because she was a sex worker and then she was transgender, that's what happens to those people. That's what they alluded to, which the family said in an article that they found to be revolting, and I think so as well. But I think it's a common thought process in that Rio Grande Valley because it is heavily populated by Hispanic people, Mexican-American people, and that is the type of antiquated way of thinking that a lot of them have, unfortunately. And I'm speaking as a Hispanic myself, but that type of homophobia and anti-LGBTQ and judgment for being sex workers is something that a lot of the Mexican-American community looks down upon, especially older generations, which perhaps contributed to this mentality, contributed to the inability to solve this case or maybe to just go further along this case than it has. Um, I know that Kimberly was said to be quite a known member of the LGBTQ community in Brownsville and people don't lose hope that she is out there somewhere and that maybe one day she will contact the family, but chances are that she this will never happen. I've also read that they think that people know more than what they're letting on. Um, the family, for example, has said that they still to this day post posters all over downtown of Kimberly um, asking for information and the morning after the posters are torn down or they're um, written on and or 
destroyed entirely. And I think I had read at one point that the family or or Crime Stopper, something, one or the other, um, received an anonymous call. It was very short, and they didn't really reveal anything that was said or if anything was said, but they feel like that person who called knew more and perhaps got scared. I find it difficult to believe that nobody saw anything because although downtown is pretty deserted and you don't want there's not a lot of people there aside from homeless people and other sex workers I do think that somebody saw something and maybe they are scared or maybe they don't feel the need to come forward because of this perhaps prejudice view against sex workers or against LGBTQ people. And thus, there's been no more information. Not too long ago, I visited the city and I went downtown. And I noticed that there is new surveillance equipment. They have recently, I think in the last maybe, what, two years, maybe even year, have put huge surveillance cameras on the all through downtown at every basically every corner at least in the main street which is elizabeth street and i asked a law enforcement person in that area if you know exactly what was it for was it for like ticketing cars you know if they run the lights or whatnot you know you get a ticket at home and they basically stated that it's just for it's not for ticketing cars or speeding or anything but it's for surveillance um And I was just thinking to myself how valuable these might have been when Kimberly disappeared. And I think they're only located in one street. And I don't think it's the street where she went missing. But maybe it would have caught something, you know? Maybe maybe they are available in other streets. Maybe they would have caught Kimberly at one point. Maybe they would have caught a a vehicle. Um, I think a lot of people believe that she left in a vehicle. Um, I know that the Bronxville Police Department at one point, I think they were trying to look at the surveillance footage from that morning or early hours at night, basically, um, into the border crossings into Mexico. And they I didn't hear anything come out of it. So I assume that nothing was found. But so I think it was probably in a vehicle. And I don't know, maybe she was meeting a friend. She unfortunately didn't tell her family or anyone anything like that, whether she was meeting a friend, she was meeting a client or something like that, nothing. But I think chances are that she probably was working and got into a vehicle and perhaps that car, that person took her into Mexico. And let me just say that it's not uncommon for people in this area to go into Mexico and Mexican locals come into Brownsville casually because these two cities and cultures um, are quite connected. There's a long history between the two border towns and it's common for Brownsville citizens and even college kids, at least in earlier years, to go into Mexico, into Matamoros and go there for shopping, eating, nightclub. And vice versa. So maybe it's something Kimberly had done before. She might have gone before to Matamoros for work or just leisure and come back. And it was like nothing. And her family stated that 
Kimberly would always go out and work and but she would always come home she would always find her way home and this night was not the same um they i think she took her phone none of her belongings have ever been found it is not known whether they've tried to track her phone or last ping or where it was last located i have read that the family tried to contact her via her cell phone and it was turned off so that to me is a big red flag, no? That it's turned off. I mean, you could say maybe it ran out of battery, but I don't know. You know what I also find peculiar? Okay, let's theorize that maybe she was indeed murdered. The killer probably turned off her phone or dis or destroyed it, and maybe that's why it showed as being turned off when you called it. But also, when you go into Mexico, a lot of the, unless you have these super good cell phone data plans that you have international calling into Mexico, if you don't have that, it'd be, it is very difficult for you to contact somebody in Mexico and vice versa. Um, if you call someone, even in Matamoros, some, a lot of the time, they don't have signal, even if they have that actual plan. And I speak of this because of a friend and of an experience where I would call them and their phone was automatically would automatically go to voicemail. And that indicates that either one, it's turned off, or two, there's no um, data service because of the difference in countries, even though they're right next door. And this would happen to a friend who would go to Matamoros just for leisure and when we were in college. And I think he had that international plan. And he would rarely get service. And it, when I would call them, their phone would go straight to voicemail, which often does also when it's turned off. So my point is, perhaps she was taken into Mexico and she didn't have service. And that's why the phone went straight to, straight to voicemail. Or somebody turned it off. So I... Or another question that we could ask ourselves is, was she targeted because of her transgender? Because of being, she was transgender? You know, I, I'm referencing this or I bring this up because not too long ago, this Border Patrol agent in either El Paso or Laredo, Texas, one or the other, um, and actually it was in 2017 too. It was in December around there. He killed a lot of a couple of women, at least four or five women, and it was said that more than one women who he killed were transgender. And I had read that one in one article stated that he had killed these women because he he picked them up for sex. They were sex workers, and that because he found out one of them was transgender, he kind of unleashed his wrath, and therefore tried to kill other transgender women for that. But that was just kind of one theory. I don't think that was ever proven, but I have read on numerous articles that some of most more than one woman was transgen transgender. So my thing is, you know, given the whole kind of anti-LGBTQ stance or viewpoint that exists in this country and in Texas, especially in the Rio Grande Valley, tying in with the machista Mexican Hispanic community. Could this have been a reason why she was killed? Perhaps 
this person that picked her up found out she was transgender either at that moment for some reason or another. This is just a random theory. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Or maybe they had a previous encounter before and then they found out that she was transgender. So they picked her up again kind of to take out, you know, take out. Um, I can't speak. I'm sorry. To seek revenge of some sort if they were like upset at the fact that she was a transgender woman. I'm just throwing it out there. The thing is that the this Border Patrol agent, which I don't think the two cases are related, but I now find it peculiar that they were the same year, 2017. Kimberly disappeared in May, and this guy was arrested, I think it was December 2017 or something like that. The women that the Border Patrol agent killed were found on the road on the side of the roads here in Texas and Kimberly was never found. So I think it's a possibility that she probably was taken into Mexico somewhere over there. What do you think happened? I hope I think anything is possible. I really do. And I hope for the sake of this family that this case is solved one day. If you know anything, if you've heard anything, please call the Brownsville Police Department or Crime Stoppers. I will give you the number in a minute. Um, help bring closure to this family who so much deserves it. And for Kimberly's sake, you know what I find I remember not too long ago? I saw this photo of Kimberly on, I think it might have been Facebook or something. I can't find it on Google, so it might have been somewhere else. Um, and she's wearing this, she was wearing lo a long black hair, um, a lot of heavy eyeliner, black eyeliner. I think it was like gray contact lenses. And she was wearing this like blue jean romper or jumpsuit. And it was like a shorts, short romper. Not like, it didn't have pants. It was just like shorts. But it was... The exact way I saw her in the photo, I feel like I'm almost certain that I had seen her in person at one point or another. This was before she disappeared, of course. I was in, I think she disappeared after I graduated from college. I think I had seen her downtown walking because, like I said, the University of Texas is right next to downtown. So you can basically walk through it. And I, I swear I, I could have seen her. I remember seeing her in the daytime in that outfit with the same makeup like it just so vivid in my memory just passing by you know she was coming this way and I was going that way and I am pretty sure unless it was like deja vu but I'm pretty sure I had seen her it's just so I don't know I mean it doesn't really bring anything to this case and but it's just like a tidbit that I just recalled but let me give you the Bronzeville Police Department phone number it is 956 548-7060. Um, if you have any information, it could be anonymous. Please contact them. Uh, help bring this family some semblance of peace. Please help. I mean, there's so many transgender women, so many members of the LGBTQ are killed. I read recently that Texas is one of the highest states of LGBTQ, especially transgender murders in the country. That's insane to me. That's just horrible. And I think the Houston area is very, it's a dangerous area for transgender women, especially. And that's terribly unfortunate. And one has to ask, you know, is it, was she disappeared because she was LGBTQ, a member? Uh, you know, 
we'll, we'll see what happens. I, you know, it's been three years and there is no clue. Before we close out, there has been a safe house named after Kimberly Avila in Brownsville. So that's really nice. They marked a, I think it was a historic building downtown. They were named, it was named, oopsie, sorry. I'll be right back. And we're back. I'm sorry, my alarm went off and I am not very good with editing the podcast. So it might stay in there. Disregard. So yes, before we close out this episode, I just wanted to share that Kimberly was honored. She was named, or this building, better said, downtown Brownsville was named after her. I think it's called Casa Kimberly, and it's a safe haven for transgender people and other members of the LGBTQ community in this city. So you know what? We might find a lot of judgment and prejudice and homophobia in this country and in the Hispanic community, and I'm sure in other communities too. But I have seen and I can say with certainty that the newer generations, such as millennials and Generation Z, and even some Gen Xers are thankfully, we are open-minded, we are accepting, we are not our ancestors and our families. And, you know, and the changes in us, you know, and that's the important thing, especially in the Valley, there has been a surge of more, there's an, like, there's a pride parade and a pride event. My boyfriend and I actually went to it last year in, um, in the Rio Grande Valley, we went down there, and in Brownsville, better said, and it was really fun. We went with a friend, and it was really fun, a college friend I met, Mm. And it was super cool. It was super, super, super fun. And yeah, to close this out, just putting it there because I have friends, childhood friends, friends that I met in college who are also Mexican-American like me. And they're, they're first generations like myself as well. And their parents disown them because they're gay. And it's a painful, horrible thing, you know? And I don't want to point all Mexican people it's homophobic or racist or sexist. They're not, not all of them are like that. Not all of us are like that. But unfortunately, there are some people that are just have such antiquated views. And unfortunately, they take that out on their own children. And that's terrible to me. That's horrifying. And I just wanted to throw that in there. But thank you for so much for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please um, check out Kimberly's case look at other um, articles about her and thank you for listening and subscribe once again leave us a five-star review on apple app apple apple yes apple apple podcasts oh wait we're not on there yet never mind i'll let you know when we are thank you bye